Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God, by your Spirit you have called us to be with you. Through the work of Christ you have made us your own. And so meet us, O Lord, and guide us by your word that we would come to fulfill those promises you have given us, that you would fulfill those promises within us, that you would cause us to grow and to be changed and to be renewed more and more into the image of Christ whom you have given to us. And it is through that very same Christ that we do pray. Amen. It is only by your grace that your, that your faithful people offer you true and laudable service. What a beautiful statement in our collect of the day. Only by your grace, almighty and merciful God, that your faithful people offer you true and laudable service. It is only by the grace of God himself working in us that we can come before the Father, that we can offer true and laudable service, that we can serve God. I think that it's easy for us to get wrapped up in all the activities that we do and that we've been called to and coming to worship, coming to church, coming to meet with the people of God to get caught up in this sense of I'm doing it, I'm getting it done, I'm serving God, and to miss the grace that God is giving to us to do that. Not only through our worship does He fill us more with His grace and give His grace and pour His grace upon us, but He gives it in order that we might come to worship and to serve. That we would serve Him in worship, but also serve Him by loving one another, by serving one another. And that is, I think, part of what Paul is bringing out today in Ephesians 4. He is telling us that God has given us a calling that in light of that calling, He will now give us the gifts we need to fulfill it, to grow up into that calling. That is what God is doing this day here in Ephesians. And it was hard to stay in Ephesians, looking back at Exodus and looking back at the Gospel of John and just saying, oh, those would have been great passages to preach on. But I was committed to preaching the, the epistles right now. And so I'm sticking with Ephesians, even though those were meaty passages to work through there for us. And so today, we're looking at Ephesians 4. We're looking at the fact that when God calls us to Himself, He will give us the gifts we need to grow up. And Paul begins this by reminding us that we have been called, that we are being called to our Lord. There in verse 1, he says, I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. We are being called. And here Paul's vision and his picture in his mind, because calling can have multiple meanings, is the foundational call of faith, the foundational call of the gospel itself to draw us to Jesus. That is the primary place that Paul is talking about, that you should walk worthy, walk in a manner worthy of that calling. And he describes what it is to walk worthy, to walk in that correct manner, to fulfill and to live out that calling. There in verse 2 he talks about walking with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. 
It's a list that we've read before, that we've read time and time again in Paul, because these are foundational truths. These are foundational activities of the believer. To be humble, to be gentle, to be patient. These are the works of the Spirit in us. Humility, to see others as better than ourselves, to not view ourselves as better than others. To be gentle, to be kind, to be merciful and compassionate toward those who stumble and fall. To have patience, to endure mistreatment, to endure people ignoring us, to endure, to endure the hardships that come upon us for being Christians. And maybe my favorite phrase in this list, bearing with one another in love. He's writing to Christians here. And what I love about that bearing with one another is this has that sense of enduring, almost putting up with other Christians. You put up with each other in love. The foundation of all that we are doing is in love. And you are being called to look like this, to be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. These things wrap up and go together. But yet, even though Paul's primary picture here is that foundation of the Christian life, that foundation of that original calling, of that continual calling back to the gospel. That gospel affects everything that we do. It affects all of our other vocations. It affects our parenthood. It affects our jobs. It affects our friendships. It affects how we respond in our relationships to one another. After all, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, maintaining the unity, all of those are communal activities. You can't do that all by yourself. And so while, God, while Paul here is talking about that calling to the gospel, that calling to the gospel is going to go out into every area, every relationship. It's going to affect all of our vocations so that that humility and gentleness flows out into our parenting, into our being children of our parents, into our jobs, into all of our friendships. We will bear with one another in love, extending out into our vocations. And it grows and it grows and it grows. It comes out of us because we are being called back to the gospel continually and always because that is what the Lord desires of us to make us more and more like Him, to call us into that worthiness of walking before the Lord. But all of that is built on something. Paul continues in this time of being called that there is one body and one spirit just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One faith, one, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. It's almost like Paul was writing this part of the letter just so he could say those words. One body, one spirit, one hope. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all. Two beautiful triple statements founded upon the one God and Father of all. Here in this being called, we can maintain the unity of the body. We can maintain the unity of the Spirit because there is only one body, the body of Christ. There is only one Spirit that indwells that body, the Holy Spirit. And there is one hope that belongs to our call. That hope then is founded on that one Lord that is Jesus in the one faith that is trusting in Him and the faith that we have been given, 
that Paul, I think, is using that word faith in a double way, talking about our personal faith, our personal trust, but also the one faith of the fact that Jesus is Lord. One baptism that we are placed into, united to Christ through that baptism, working in us, calling us into faith, pouring the Spirit upon us that we would respond because it is the Word applied to us. These two triple statements flow into one another. One body, one spirit, one hope leads directly to one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And then there in verse verse 6, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. This Father of all is over all of them, over all of us. But this Father is also through all, for He works through Jesus for us. And He is in all, for by the Spirit He indwells each and every one of us who are part of His church and He binds us together into one unified body, into one organic whole. The whole which is greater than the sum of the pieces. We are bound up with one another. Paul's indirectly making a wonderful and beautiful Trinitarian reference right here. By talking about the one Spirit, the one Lord, and the one God and Father of all. When he says, who is over all, that is the Father. Who is through all, that is the Son. And who is in all, that is the Spirit. We are being called by this Trinitarian God into new life. Into grace. Into gifts that He will give to us. And that is what God then does. Here through Paul, He tells us how we are being called and how we will live out this calling now. Because He gives us gifts. In verse 7, Paul continues and says, But grace was given to each of you, to each of us, according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. Paul here points to us, points out to us the ascension. We've been given grace in order to live up, in order to walk in a manner worthy. We've been given this gift of grace. But beyond that, there is more gifts that are to be given. For when he ascended, when Jesus ascended, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. Now, Paul here, if you flip back, if you have a Bible that points out that this is a quote from Psalm 68, and you go back and read it, you realize, whoa, this is worded way differently here by Paul. And he's building off the Septuagint, off the Greek translation of the Bible. But then he also does something else. He, under the inspiration of the Spirit, summarizes and paraphrases and brings it to be centered upon Christ himself. But the one thing that is beautiful about that passage is, over in Psalms, it's talking about God. When God ascended, He took captivity captive. And He received gifts from men. It's a passage about God, and Paul puts Jesus in God's spot. When He, that is Jesus, ascended on high, He led a host of captives, and He gave gifts to men. There's a reason for that change, from it being in the original to saying, he received gifts to Paul now saying he gave gifts. It's because the whole point of God conquering 
The whole point of a king conquering others and gaining wealth from them, gaining the spoils from battle, is to then distribute those spoils to his people, to those who are fighting alongside him, who have gone with him into battle. And so for a king to receive gifts, for a king to receive the spoils, is for him to then turn around and pour those spoils upon his people. And so Paul brings that to the forefront, the giving of the gifts from the king, who has taken a host of captives for himself, that Jesus ascends in order to give gifts to men, and that gift is the Spirit. And that Spirit brings so many other gifts. And Paul then, in its excitement, has to move into an excursus about these gifts, about Jesus descending into the lower regions of the earth in order that he would then ascend far above all the heavens, all of the things that we think about, all the things that we see in the sky above us. But even beyond that, into the heaven of heavens, into the very throne room of the Father is where Jesus goes as the ascended one. In order that by the Father and with the Father he might fill all things, that he would become connected to all of us, that he would become united to all of us because he then turns and pours this Holy Spirit, this beautiful and wonderful gift of the Spirit upon us, that we would receive the Holy Spirit. And these gifts extend beyond the Holy Spirit, for it extends to the things that the Holy Spirit does in us. This receiving of gifts, Paul then says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. He gave the gifts of the leaders of the church. He gave the gifts of the apostles and the prophets, evangelists, Shepherds and teachers. Something that Paul fulfilled all of. But he gives that gift of leadership and ministry into the church to lead and grow the church to guide it. He gives that gift in order that we would receive the gift of grace. That we would receive the Holy Spirit more and more directing us back to the people that he has put in charge of his church to guide us, to lead us. And what do these individuals do they give gifts to the people they equip the saints for the work of ministry for the building up of the body of christ jesus gives us the gift of the apostles and the prophets the evangelists the shepherds and teachers who then equip the saints they give the saints the gift of being equipped for the work of ministry to go out and make jesus known in order that the body of christ would be built up more and more and drawn nearer and nearer to the Father through Jesus. It's a beautiful way that Jesus works here in the activities that He's doing and the work that He is doing and that He gives His gifts to mere mortals in order that those mere mortals with those gifts can strengthen other mere mortals. That He is working alongside and working within and working through His people to build up His people. He doesn't just zap the knowledge directly into each of us. But he calls us to work together to build one another up. And what is the purpose of that being built up? That we would grow up. That we would come to walk in maturity. He says in verse 13, that in light of these apostles and prophets and others who are equipping all of the saints for the work of ministry, that that ministry would build up the body so that we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To put it another way, to mature manhood. To put it another way, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Our growing up is to attain unity with one another in the faith. To gain unity in the knowledge of the Son of God. To grow into matureness. 
to grow into maturity to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The original sin in the garden was Adam and Eve striving to be God. They wanted God's knowledge. They were tempted by that knowledge and they laid hold of it and sinned. It wasn't their place to be God's. But God's ultimate desire is revealed here in Christ that we would attain the stature of the fullness of Christ is for us to be truly like God. To become holy, to become sanctified, to become united to the Father through Jesus. For if we are united to Jesus, then we share in the love of the Father for Jesus. And we are called to be like Christ. Therefore, we are called to be like God. That we are called into that stature of the fullness of Christ. So that we won't be children. So that we won't get tossed to and fro by waves. And carried about by every wind of doctrine. By human cunning. By craftiness and deceitful schemes. So many troubles in the early church were about those things. Getting just knocked around. Tossed around by various kinds of doctrines. That were cutting against the scripture and the word of the apostles. People were being tricked by human cunning. They were being tricked by crafty deceitful schemes. Because they weren't growing in the faith. They weren't growing and drawing near to Jesus. It was just a side gig that they were doing. Being Christians. They weren't being taught. They weren't clinging. They weren't receiving and laying hold of the gifts that we have been given to grow up with. We are called in order to receive those gifts in order that we would grow up. And if we're not growing, then we're not receiving those gifts well. And if we're not receiving those gifts well, then we're not answering the call. We're not responding to who Jesus is and to what He has done for us. Therefore, we're missing the gift of the Spirit. We're missing the gift of the work of the Spirit to enable us, to build us up, to equip us through His leaders, through His pastors, through His shepherds that He has given to us so that the body can be built up more and more and more. And how do we respond to these winds of doctrines, to human cunning, to craftiness and deceitful schemes? Well, as we are growing in the Lord, we speak the truth in love. We respond in love against those things with the truth of God. We respond with the reality of who Jesus is. Something we confess every single week in the Nicene Creed. And continually with the Apostles' Creed, declaring that there is one God who created all things, that, that God sent His Son Jesus to die for our sins, that He truly died and He was raised and ascended into heaven in order to forgive those sins, and that then the Spirit is poured out upon the church to create the church, to lead the church, to apply to the church all that Jesus has accomplished for us, and to ultimately bring us to the resurrection of the dead and eternal life in the end. That is the truth that we speak in love to the wrong doctrines, to the false doctrines. That is the truth we speak in love to human cunning. That is the truth we speak against crafty schemes. And in every time we do that, we continue to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined together and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We aren't a part of a machine here. We grow up into the body of Christ, into an organic unity with Christ. We are united to Him. 
And in being united to Him, we are united to one another. We are bound up with one another. And therefore, we love and work with one another. We fellowship with one another. We build up one another. Because as we build up each other, we build up the whole body. Again, another error that we often fall into is that I'm here to build myself up. I'm here to learn more about Jesus. And that's part of why we gather, but we also gather in order that we then would use the gifts we've given to build up others in the midst of the church. That coming to church to gather in corporate worship is to share your gifts with others, to help them to grow. And as they grow, they will help you to grow. And when each part is working properly, the body grows and builds itself up in love, in the love of God, in the love of Christ. Because it is called to Christ. It is called to receive gifts and it is called to grow up. That is the point of us being redeemed. Is to grow into the stature and the likeness and the fullness of Christ. To grow up the body. To build up the body through the gifts that we have received. And so Paul tells us that God has called us. That he has given us the grace and the gifts we need. It's not my strength that attains to the unity of the body. It is not my strength that attains to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It is Christ himself giving me strength through the Spirit. It is the grace and the favor of God that causes all of this to work together. That causes us to grow together. To become truly the body of Christ. And so may we always believe and receive that grace. May we receive that laudable grace that we need for laudable service. So that we, as our prayer and our colleague says, that we may run without stumbling to obtain your heavenly promises. We need God's grace in order to worship Him, to serve Him and serve one another. And in that grace, we are enabled to run then without stumbling because He has called us to Himself and given us the gifts we need in order that we would always grow into Christ more and more. In the name of the Father and the Son, in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.